Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Jim Bell. Jim is a father of three girls and four stepdaughters and has been fighting Crohn's since the age of eight. In December of 2017, he was inspired to run his first marathon at the age of 44. Jim is here to share his Crohn's journey, why running has become a passion for him now, and what he's doing to raise awareness for Crohn's and colitis. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jim, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's go ahead and start by talking about your Crohn's journey. You were diagnosed at the age of eight, which means you've been fighting this disease for over 35 years. So start by telling me what it was like to be diagnosed at such a young age and how it impacted your life growing up. It was a big challenge back then because back in the early 80s, not, it, Crohn's was not really known. Um, mm -hmm. So the medications, I mean, A, the, there were limited doctors uh, because no one knew what Crohn's was. So it was mm -hmm. just starting to kind of gain a little traction, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it just still wasn't known. So it was limited on the medications with just basically just steroids. Uh, this might go back a little ways for some people that might be listening. Azulfidine which I don't even think that drug is even used anymore. Yeah, and I'm not sure I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just a drug, and it was just so nasty. It was a, it was a pill form, but it had the nastiest taste oh. ever. <laughs> and choking that down at a young age was not fun. Uh, but, I mean, my local doctors, they didn't know what it was, so they had to actually send me down to Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, uh, which is about two, two hours south of where I live. Mm-hmm. So um, they got me down there and they're like, yep, it's Crohn's. So they had a really good GI area down there and they were able to really diagnose it fairly quickly. So it was a lot of time down at Riley um, initially uh, going through the diagnosis and then going through the treatments with the IVs and all that good stuff, which they do today. Uh, that really hasn't changed much because they still do. They did the steroid IVs and the flagell and all that good stuff back then. So uh, that aspect now, hasn't really changed. <laughs> now, had the symptoms started before the age of eight, or were you lucky that in the sense that they were able to diagnose Crohn's quickly, or had you been suffering with symptoms for a couple of years before they like, finally sent you to the, the pediatric GI? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because I actually, um, about six months prior to being diagnosed with Crohn's, or getting sick, I actually had pneumonia uh, really bad. I was almost on the point of death. Uh, my parents were freaking out, of course, uh, and they think that's what triggered the Crohn's um, mm. because something always triggers Crohn's. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of a sudden in the spring, I started getting the stomach aches and the cramping and curled up in a ball. I mean, at seven, I mean, it's really hard 
at that age to really express what those pains are like. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's what kind of prompted it. And then they took me in the hospital here locally, couldn't figure it out, and then took me down to Riley. And so once they started you on prednisone and IVs, was childhood kind of controlled at that point? Were you able to get by or how did kind of what happened next? You know, I was pretty fortunate going through grade school because um, I was kind of reflecting on this last weekend during one of my runs and mm -hmm. the young stages of Crohn's. And I was actually pretty fortunate when it comes to diagnosis, diagnosis and symptoms. And I'm actually very fortunate throughout the years because I don't have a lot of the issues a lot of Crohn's patients have. Mm -hmm. So um, do I have the fatigue and all that? Of course I do. But as a child, uh, it was pretty controlled all the way through grade school. And then it really started burying its ugly head uh, right at the end of high school. It kind of had a warm-up period to, <laughs> for what yeah, was to exactly. come. <laughs> yep. But I had a lot of little flares here and there throughout grade school. And I was on the prednisone and I would gain all the weight and dealing with puberty and uh the prednisone at once it's tough i mean that's a tough age and then you gain all the weight and it was and you have the moon face it was not fun stage of life for me i actually so I, I read that most recent i read that most recent blog post you had done about that and just how kind of awful kids are with horrible nicknames you said the prednisone had made you gain weight and then lose weight you were you know, big for football season, and then you would drop close to 50 pounds for track season, and it was kind of a roller coaster in that sense. Yeah, it was a total roller coaster, and then it got under control like that eighth grade time frame, and then going into high school, it was pretty stable for the most part. Mm -hmm. So um, I was fortunate. Fortunate in that way, but you've definitely had your share of trials and challenges. Um, you had mentioned in in the same post that you were, I guess, a young adult and you'd end up passing a third of your blood, gone to the hospital, you'd spent a year with almost constant transfusions, and then you've had actually multiple surgeries now. So tell me a little bit about those challenges. Yeah, so right after high school, I was working in one of my dad's factories um, and I was just working on the line and I just went to the bathroom and all of a sudden it was all red and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, so I called my dad, he was at the, at another building. So he came and got me. Uh, we actually, at the time I was a patient at university of Chicago. So we hightailed it to Chicago, which was about a three hour drive. Mm. And I was like in a lot of pain and sure enough, I get there and within a day they have me getting prepped for surgery. And I, I think I had surgery about two days after I got there Wow! Uh, and had ended that up having had that even crossed your mind having surgery so suddenly? What was that like to process? Uh, not at all. I mean, it never crossed my mind because I always had what I would consider a mild case of Crohn's. Mm -hmm. So it never even crossed my mind. And then the doctor came in and he's like, we got to get this out as soon as possible. It looks like it is shot. So mm -hmm. sure enough, they opened me up and I think they took out about 20... 24, 28 inches at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, after that, I mean, going into freshman year of college, I mean, that was the summer of my, after high school graduation. So the surgery helped, 
But then my sophomore year of college, I got really sick again uh, in like that January timeframe. So going into my third semester and I got so sick and I never, ever let Crohn's affect my daily activities. I would always Mm -hmm. go to classes. I would always do what I needed to do. And I was actually so sick. I was actually staying in my dorm room, staying in bed. And I ended up missing six of the first eight weeks of the semester. And I had to drop out of school because I was just too far behind. There was no way of catching up. So Mm -hmm. I went home and me and my parents, we went on a vacation and I sat on the beach and recovered. And then I went back to school in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed it's a common trend with those of us with Crohn's and colitis to not give up or just like keep gritting our teeth and keep doing and pushing through. So I'm not surprised to hear that. (laughs) Yep. And then, I mean, after that, I mean, it, my Crohn's stayed pretty much, at, I mean, it was, stayed pretty quiet. Um, I was on a lot of different medications. I was, I mean, I've been on every trial, being at the University of Chicago for so long. I mean, I was on the trial with Humira, or actually, first I was on it with um, Remicade. Mm-hmm. And I responded really well within the trial with Remicade. So Remicade was doing its thing, and I did that through the first part of my first marriage. And then all of a sudden I had an allergic reaction, started to oh, seal, wow. seal up, it scared the crap out of me because of course you're at the hospital getting that done. So I'm like hitting the nurse's button like 10,000 mm-hmm. times. I'm dying. Wow. And they stopped me up and they're like, yep, you're done with that. And then I went back to University of Chicago. They put me on the trial with Humera. And then Humera, I was in clinical remission, I think within six weeks, which was like, I was mind blown. Mm. So I've been on Humera since. Uh, oh, wow. So I've been on Humera for, I mean, before the FDA even approved it for Crohn's. I mean, I think I've been on it for 10 or 12 years. Uh, oh, that's, so that's fantastic really that it's continued to continue to work, that you haven't had to keep shifting around. Yep. Now, of course, I mean, I've had my flares. I've had another surgery since then. Uh, I've had, I mean, luckily I was in a very high stress level job Mm -hmm. and I just kind of plugged through it. And at one point I got so sick. I think I had 26 or 27 blood transfusions, uh, in a year's timeframe. I was in, that was basically my, basically my lunchtime every Mm -hmm. other week (laughs) when I was at the hospital or at, at the workplace. And you were still on Humera during this time, but incredibly stressful in, job yep, and life. The stress in life. And at the time, I mean, that was so that was shortly after my twins were born. So at the time, mm-hmm. me and my first wife, we had three kids under two. Uh, so that's a lot was, of stress. <laughs> it was a lot of stress. And then work changes, and it was just like a train wreck. So. Well, And I think that's one of the things that's so frustrating about the medications is sometimes we, we want, you know, we hope that it's going to be take this medication and then you never have trouble ever again. But I know for me, when I was on Humira, I still wasn't a hundred percent. I still had the hiccups and it's very common for a lot of people that even though you're on the meds, still a lot of hiccups. Oh yeah, for sure. So tell tell me now, because you're still on Humira, you're managing the disease well, but running has seemed to play a big part in your Crohn's management. So tell me a little bit about how that 
passion kind of came about? So I really, running and fitness never crossed my mind uh, mm -hmm. prior to December of 2017. Uh, it was just not on the radar. I wasn't really taking care of myself health-wise. I mean, as far as nutrition was concerned, I'd just eat whatever because I was able to get by with it. Mm -hmm. um, my Crohn's was pretty much pretty under control. So never even crossed my mind. And we ended up having a corporate event um, and our company brought in like all these different motivational speakers and they get a guy up there by the name of Cedric King and ex-military, ex-Navy SEAL. Dude has no legs. And mm -hmm. his arm was just uh, deformed from, uh, from an IED blowing up while he was overseas. And his whole thing was, you know what? It's gonna, it's not gonna stop me. So he actually ended up coming home, going through all the rehab and everything, and he ends up doing marathons and half marathons and triathlons and Ironmans. And I'm like, if this dude can run marathons and he doesn't have legs, um, what's stopping me? I have mm -hmm. no excuse. I'm not gonna let Crone stop me. So I ended up coming home that weekend, and this was in December, so we were well past any lottery opportunity for Chicago. And I'm thinking, I want to do Chicago. It's nice and close to home. I'd be able to have my family there. And um, I actually had some coworkers uh, that were running Chicago Marathon as well. So I'm like, I'm going to do Chicago. Well, I couldn't get in. So, of course, I go online and find out, oh, I can run with Team Challenge, which obviously mm -hmm. is what uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. So ended up raising a ton of money. Like I think the minimum was like fifteen hundred, and I ended up what raising over five thousand uh, dollars. That's awesome. Connections, which was awesome, and stuck with the training all last summer and came marathon time. I actually just learned to love running all last summer uh, and last fall. I had not run for probably two or three years prior to 2017. Mm -hmm. So December, I just started doing a little conditioning because I knew I had to get back in shape. And then last year, I just kind of killed it with my running and I've continued. Um, have I had some mini, I call them mini flares mm -hmm. here and there? Yeah, I have. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I have had many flares. And have I put myself on prednisone to get things under control? Yes, I have, but I just continued to run and I found that that would actually kind of put everything back under control, even with a small dose of prednisone. So, so I found that it helped me. So I'm just like, I'm going to just keep on going. So I've set some big goals for this year. I'm in the middle of a training uh, period right now uh, for another marathon here in a month and a half, two months. So um, I've stuck with it. And I will continue to do so until probably my knees and body can't take mm -hmm. the miles anymore. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So you've mentioned kind of mini flares. What do you find that your mindset changes when you have those upsets and kind of the ups and downs, the mini flares? How do you, how do you keep yourself centered and focused and knowing that, all right, this is a mini flare. I'll get through it. Um, how do you, or even when it's been a bigger flare and you've gone through your surgeries, how do you deal with the, the mindset and the mental aspect of that? I think I've just dealt with it so for so long, it, I just don't let it affect me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, 
fortunate to where I can work from home. Mm -hmm. uh, I, work, I work from home every day because uh, my job is remote. So if, I if I'm not feeling great, I can lay down on the couch or lay in bed and still work. Um, I'm mm -hmm. pretty fortunate in that regard versus a lot of people that can't do that. Now, when I do go into like headquarters, um, it's kind of nerve wracking, um, especially when you're in that mini flare, because we do have smaller bathrooms and it's like, mm -hmm. oh man, if my stomach gets upset, what do I do? Uh, and I've actually left the premises and gone to a local store, a large retail store around the corner to do my thing because I don't want that embarrassment. So, yeah. um, so that's just something that I, I've just learned to deal with for so long. It, it is what it is. And I just never have let Crohn's really stop me in what I do. Mm -hmm. That's good. So tell me, how do you balance the, the ups and downs when you're running? Have you let that, like you've mentioned that you keep running and it does help improve you overall, but are there days or were there times when you have to learn to listen to your body and how do you know this is too much and this is a day I need to rest versus this is a day that I can go ahead and push through, go out for a run and it'll help? Um, last year in my last, when I was training for Chicago, I was really, really fortunate. Uh, I did, I can count on one hand how many times I had to stop and go to the bathroom. I, I kept my running routes basically the same. I mean, if I had to run to my parents' house, which was about four, five miles into my run, I could. And then I would run by my house again and I could run in there and do that. But I could count on one hand how many times I actually have had to stop. So I was really fortunate in that regard. And I don't know if it was because of you're losing sweat and losing water. And that's pulling away from your digestive, digestive system. Mm -hmm. And really kind of firming things up, if you want to say that. Uh, but I was really fortunate. And so far in this training uh, session that I'm in right now, I mean, I've had one instance where I had to kind of walk because I had to battle the bathroom gods mm -hmm. uh, here a couple of weeks ago. And I would walk for a quarter of a mile and then I would just pick it up and go again. So, and keep on running. So I've been really fortunate in that regard. Um, as far as other people, I've heard people with Crohn's, they do have good luck with exercise. So I'm like, you know what, just go out and try it. Try a mile or two. Uh, mm -hmm. start out with baby steps and then if you want to get up to a 5k, a 10k or whatever the case is, go for it, um, and see what happens. That's a great mindset to just, just start, start small, try something and see if it can be a part of, of what helps. Yeah. Cause you never know what your body can do. Your body's, your body's can really do more than what you think it can. Mm -hmm. So now that you're big into running. You've got a lot of big goals this year, a couple of marathons and a lot of races. Has nutrition become a part of your training plan also? And how has that, how have you been able to balance nutrition and food? Do you have struggles with that or what have you found that works? I did a lot of trial and error last summer. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I know what works. I mean, if I stick with my chickens and my rices and my fish, I'm good. I have always had problems. I love steak. I absolutely mm -hmm. love steak. <laughs> I can't eat it. 
Yeah. It just absolutely kills me. Even though I would consider myself in fun called remission, mm-hmm. it still kills me. I love fresh salad. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I, if I, I could eat a big, huge bowl of salad, I would. And even when I think I'm in good shape and I can do it, mm-hmm. I'll eat a bowl. And sure enough, next day or next morning, I'm paying for it dearly. So I'm, I'm similar. Yeah. I, f- I find myself <laughs> craving a salad and I just want all the flavors and it's salads are miserable for me. So I, I totally understand <laughs> what you're yep, saying. Exactly. So, I mean, I've just learned to really stay really bland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even have a little hard time with some pasta sauces. Mm-hmm. So um, even though, and I don't know if it's the grease in it or what, but for the most part, I'm just sticking with the proteins, the chickens and, uh, and fish. That's my go-to all the time. Has it been hard over the years to fight cravings or if you're in social settings to not eat certain things? And then have you found friends and family to help kind of be supportive in that regard? You know, I mean, everyone's pretty, I mean, everyone's supportive. I mean, at times, I mean, we'll order things at work uh, when I'm at at our headquarters and I'm just like, I, I can't do this. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be a huge thing, a salad spread or um, something ethnic. I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. So, I mean, I would just end up going, running to Subway or Jimmy John's or whatever and getting a sandwich because mm-hmm. I knew I could just do a turkey sandwich and be safe Yeah, uh, and just deal with it. So, but everyone's pretty, everyone's very, very uh, understanding of the situation. Mm-hmm. As everyone knows. Good. So tell me a little bit more about your flares and mini flares over the years. As you've been dealing with this disease for so long, what are some of the tips and tricks that you've found if you feel yourself starting to have a mini flare or you feel the symptoms starting to creep back up? How do you deal with those? Do you have certain things you do that you know will help? And what have you done in the past? So I do travel quite a bit for work or a handful of, I mean, Mm -hmm. like 25% travel. So one thing I always do is I always travel with extra medication. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I always travel with extra prednisone. God forbid, um, if I need it, I can just at least dose myself up on it. Um, There was one point several years ago, I was out in Denver and I was in really bad shape. I was in, I mean, one of the worst parts of my life. This was like during the whole thing with the uh, in blood infusion or transfusions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was at the point to where my dad was like, I'm going to fly you home on a private jet. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I can fly commercial. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I can get there. Uh, and my doctor said, if I did not take prednisone, because I took like 60 milligrams of prednisone, which I know was high, Mm-hmm. But I was in that bad of shape. I'm like, screw it. I, I can't hurt myself with that much, so I'm just going to do it. He's like, if you didn't do that, you would be in even worse shape. Now, granted, I was in surgery mm-hmm. four years ago today, but it is what it is. I mean, it could have been even worse. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, as far as like things to, I mean, as far as precautions are concerned, I mean, just really watching what you eat really kind of dummy your diet down, <laughs> go to mm-hmm. the bland diet. Um, and 
stay away from all the sh spices and sauces and all that and just stick with, I mean, there's times when I would just make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's about as bland as you can go or a thing of macaroni and cheese. Because uh, luckily, I mean, milk and cheeses did not bo doesn't bother me. So I, mm -hmm. I can handle that. I know it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I think just eating as bland as possible is the big thing and just getting things under control and even maybe even going all the way down to a liquid diet. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what they're going to do to you if you go in the hospital. So might as well try it at home and give your gut a rest. Have you ever been prescribed to be on a liquid diet during all your years with Crohn's? Uh, oh, maybe. <laughs> Block it out. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I have. Probably when you were younger. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I have when ago. I was younger. But I mean, mo more recently, no, I haven't. But have I put myself kind of on a liquid diet or a low residue diet? Yeah, I have. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, tell me a few other tips and tricks. So stress is obviously a huge trigger for you as you shared one of your earlier experiences with your past job, but it's a major trigger for a lot of people with Crohn's and colitis. So how have you learned to manage your stress over the years? Because you certainly have a lot going on between working, training for marathons, and raising, it sounds like, seven girls. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh... I think, I mean, it's just running has been kind of my escape, I guess. And that's what's helped my stress levels, I think. And there's even times in the middle of the day where I'll just get up from my desk and I'll take a walk around the block. Uh, if I do start to see those stress levels start to increase uh, and just kind of step back and take deep breaths and just kind of decompose. Because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's just really a big thing to get those endorphins going and everything just kind of goes, 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 and you just start feeling like crap because your stomach's upset them because you're upsetting things. So I think just getting up and kind of pulling yourself away from the whole situation, whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. What do you think the biggest challenge you've faced since you've had Crohn's and how did you get through it? I would have to say the biggest challenge time frame of my life was it would be one of two time frames. It was either a during my college years mm -hmm. um, because you want to go out and have fun with your friends. And as we all know, alcohol is not the best thing to mix with Crohn's. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a big thing uh, and or a big part of my life. And then also even later in life, I mean, shortly after my twins were born. Uh, it was tough during that time frame. I mean, that was like a hundred and I was like down to like 120, 130 pounds. I was doing TV oh, wow. at home. I mean, it was not pretty. I mean, I was actually at my parents' house over the weekend. I'm looking through the photo albums and then look at myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was like a freaking skeleton. Wow. How tall, how tall are you? Like six foot. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was gross. And of course, I mean, you think to yourself, oh, I'm not sick, mm -hmm. even though you are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because, I mean, at the time, I wasn't having the major complications like the diarrhea and the bleeding and all that. I just wasn't 
keeping my nutrition. I mean, whenever I'd eat, it would just kind of go right through, go right through me. Everything would be normal per se, but I just wouldn't absorb anything. Yeah. So those were probably my two biggest challenges in life. Those are some pretty major challenges. How long ago was that second one you were talking about when you were down to 120 pounds? How did you finally recover from that and start absorbing nutrients to gain weight and be healthy again? Um, that was like 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, know, I know that because that's like how old my twins are. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, at that time, I mean, it sucks because I would carry around. I mean, I would get home from work at six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. And the first thing I would do is I would hook up to the TPN just to mm-hmm. get those extra 2,000-ish calories, 2,500 calories, whatever it was. So I would have that and then be holding a baby. I mean, wow. that, was, that was tough. Um, finally, my body did regulate and I stayed away from the knife at that time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I mean, it was a challenge uh, dealing with it. So it just took time for your body to finally recover. Yep. Yep, exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about advocacy because you're definitely raising awareness for Crohn's and colitis. You've been doing team challenges. You're blogging about Crohn's and running. And so you are certainly raising awareness and getting the message out there. And I've heard some people say that we need more male advocates for Crohn's and colitis. So tell me what compelled you to finally start sharing your story and what's that experience been like for you? So, I mean, obviously the whole thing with Chicago Marathon and getting home and realizing there's no way to, no way to get in unless I do a charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so team challenge it is. Um, have I done the um, little walks, um, not team challenge, but uh, take steps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have done take steps, but I, I didn't raise the money like I did with Chicago. Uh, and then <laughs> I'm, I work for a digital marketing company. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to build a website and start documenting my journey. And so I started documenting my journey and I started seeing traction to the website. I mean, just like with searches, like running with Crohn's, mm-hmm. uh, Google searches and thing and whatnot. So I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So then one day I'm like, on one of my runs, I'm like, I'm going to run for 26 people. I'm going to run this marathon for 26 people. So I had 26 people on the back of my shirt and I put it out there socially. I'm like, Hey, I want to raise awareness. I want to do a profile on your blog, on my blog. I had a short Google doc. I would send mm-hmm. them and they would fill it out. I'd write it up, send it back to them. And that's how it just kind of started. Uh, so it's just kind of continued on. Um, wow. I don't really have any team challenges set for this year. Uh, I'm sure I will. Uh, this first marathon I'm doing in uh, April, I'm just kind of doing it on my own because I have my own personal goal I want to hit as far as time-wise is concerned. So I'm kind of training with a coach on that, but I'm sure I'll do a team challenge at some point this year. It's just really hard to go out and ask people two years in a row, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm raising money for awareness for Crohn's and colitis. And yeah, I know you, you sponsored me last year, but I'm doing it again. So I had a hard time justifying doing that again. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people told me, they're like, oh, because I didn't get in Chicago lottery this year. Oh, you can do team challenge again. I'm like, yeah, I hit up everybody I knew last year. (laughs) I don't know if I'm 
I go down that road again? Will I do it again next year? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, try and go with something bigger, like maybe even New York Marathon, uh, which I didn't get in this year. But um, mm-hmm. and again, so did ninety-one percent of yeah. the other. People <laughs> so, so I, I'm sure I'll do Team Challenge again. It's just I think the timing of it, and I think just putting blogs out there and trying to raise awareness with it that's kind of my main focus right now at this point so as you've started talking more about Crohn's and sharing your stories do you find that other people have a hard time as you're interacting with other Crohn's and colitis patients do you find other people have a hard time talking about their stories or do you find that more people are starting to share I think it's such a private disease because no Mm -hmm. one wants to talk about their poop Mm I mean. We all poop, but exactly. who wants to talk about their poop? So, um, so I think people are very hesitant in talking about it. Uh, and I mean, Ellie, like from Ellie on the Run, she has her mm-hmm. podcast. But she was actually just featured in Runner's World, uh, like in the last week or two. Oh wow! And she's talked about pooping her pants on a run. I mean, yeah, it's life of a crony. Uh, it is. So. Um, but I mean, people like that uh, really inspire me. And then I found, you know what, if I can like Crohn's kind of be my thing that I stand on or stand mm-hmm. for. And I've seen other people that I work with. I mean, they went out and they would do things with the Alzheimer's Foundation or the Red Cross because they have personal connections with the Heart Institutes or uh, child heart issues and so forth. So they're starting to raise awareness for Mm -hmm. different associations that affect them in their lives. So I think, I mean, it's been kind of a ripple effect, if you want to call it that, because in my company of 500 people, they know I'm a runner because I put it out there and they know Mm -hmm. I have Crohn's because I put it out there. So um, I think it's definitely helped inspire others. Yes. um, and I've heard it from people. Has it been able, has it shaped your view of Crohn's and colitis? The more that you've shared and connected with other people and the way you've been inspired, do you think that, that it's shaped your view of the disease? It has changed my view on it because, I mean, we kind of live in our own little bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you start talking to other people, like people that I profiled on my blog, um, that I ran for last year, they have bad, bad cases of Crohn's. And I look at my life and I'm like, yeah, I've had hiccups in my challenges in life with my uh, whole, I call it my marathon with Crohn's, but nothing like these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know there's obviously different stages of Crohn's. And I mean, that's really opened my eyes after chatting with these people and corresponding with them, just the different levels, how it affects people. It just is mind-blowing to me. It really is. And that makes me think of in your last blog post that you just written, I love at the end where you wrote, I run because I can, I run for those that can't that deal with this disease. And I think that's so incredible because just like you're saying, there's such a wide spectrum of how people are affected by Crohn's and colitis. Yeah, totally. And it's it's kind of scary how, I mean, some of the lives that people live and mm-hmm. what they have to deal with on a daily 
weekly basis. <clears throat> it's uh, really eye-opening after reading through some of those stories on there. So is there one thing that you wish people knew about Crohn's and colitis, but they don't? I think the biggest thing, I mean, there's a couple things. Uh, after chatting and communicating with all these people, I mean, it's obviously an invisible disease. Mm -hmm. Just because we don't look sick doesn't mean that we aren't sick. I mean, we're battling major issues inside. And our immune systems are total crap as a result of a lot of the medications we're on. So I think that's the biggest thing that people have to be aware of. And then you just can't let it stop you. I mean, someone made a comment that, um, I'll let Crohn's uh, define me, but I'm not going to let it limit me. Mm -hmm. So that resonated so much with me because, you know what, I'm going to run a freaking marathon. I'm not letting Crohn's limit me. So I just went out and did it. So I think those are the two biggest takeaways and things that I've learned in the last year, year and a half uh, since I started this whole running journey. Mm-hmm. I think those are great takeaways. So we've mentioned your blog quite a bit. If people want to read more of what you're posting and follow and keep up with your IBG journey with Crohn's, where can they follow you online? Yeah, so you can follow me online at runningwithcrohnsdisease.com. Uh, that's my blog. And then I'll be ramping up my blogging here as my training continues on here. Uh, the summer and going, getting ready for race season. Wonderful. How often do you try to post to the blog? Uh, <laughs> I think kind of slacking uh, as uh -huh. of late. Um, What's I your new get goal? <laughs> my new goal, I want to post once a week as kind of my new goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, like last week or two weeks ago, it was just like, man, I need to get back more active because I was posting every week. Uh, last summer. And I think it was just because I was trying to bring more awareness with different profiles of different people uh, mm -hmm. on the blog. Uh, so I had more things to write about, but now it's, I want to refocus things a little bit more on, hey, here's more on Crohn's and colitis mm -hmm. and so forth and kind of go from there. That's wonderful. So we talked about quite a bit today. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted to share? I think we hit on everything. So I mean, <laughs> covered it all. I think we Surgery hit the food. thirty-seven. <laughs> we hit the thirty-seven years uh, pretty good. So yeah, I mean, it's just been. I mean, everyone has their challenges with it, and it's lots of ups and downs. And you know what? You'll get through it as long as you have a good support system. Uh, you'll get through it. Very well said. Well, you have shared some incredibly valuable information today, and I thank you for that. So thank you for joining me. This has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member, that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn's Fitness Food or 
Visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.crohn'sfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.